podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Good morning, good afternoon, and very importantly, cannot fucking stress the importance of this, right? Good evening, (laughs) and welcome to episode 393, a numeric palindrome of Film Bastards. My name is Ian Loring, and as always, I'm joined by... Becky Foster, hello everyone. And Matt Foster, hello everybody. Hello. And on this week's show, you know, it's a bit, we're not going to lie, it's kind of like the doldrums. It's the foot, you know, it's a little bit the calm before the storm, you know, the Oscars and cinemas hopefully reopening and whatnot. So Thunder Force is the main review for this week. Yes, that's right. Ben Falcone and Melissa McCarthy, those cheeky comedy husband and wife people have teamed up again for a film that is on netflix and, and, and i i had to, had to actually message ian this morning to say is, is it just thunderfast we're covering because it's been so long since we covered just one film yes <laughs> honestly it really confused me <laughs> i was like laid in bed last night like awake about five in the morning going what have we missed there's something else that <laughs> i am missing there's something else we chat a lot of shit though so i'm sure we'll get a show i'm doing fine <laughs> oh a, a, a show shall be had maybe not like the three and a half hour behemoth that uh our listeners have become used to but we uh who's to say who's to who's to say um you know well i think there's yes there's definitely some news i know mark wanted to talk about something that i (laughs) we were talking about earlier on um and uh there's definitely some trailers my yep there's definitely definitely some trailers yeah uh there'll be some uh what we've been watching we got some twitter questions so you know we'll uh we'll, we'll we'll make do um okay so over on the pod syndicate bonus feed um Hopefully, by the time this is out, uh, you'll have a new episode of Playing It Forward. Uh, On this one, uh, Mark, George, Noel and I discussed The Last Temptation of Christ, The Friends of Eddie Coyle, Yee Yee and The Mule. So quite an eclectic uh, bunch of films there. A good chat was had. Um, Also, uh, wearepodsyndicate.com for uh, all your movie tv pop culture type stuff and uh friends of the show chin Strager versus punter the rewatch project the iron sequel entertainment landfill uh his film her movie and beyond the neon all situated there um and uh patreon.com forward slash film bastards um gonna be doing a golden eye commentary shortly uh also probably a beginner's guide to bondage coming out at some point with the world is not enough being the next one so uh, bit of a yeah bit of a weird place is the bond stuff at the moment i'm still a little bit like is it gonna make september yes it, it, yeah i yeah i it, it, if you restart your um your rewatches though ian it will get pushed back just putting it out there no i mean well this is it isn't it it's like literally i recorded the tomorrow never dies one with andrew and then i think literally the day after um it got pushed and we were already pushing that 
because we thought it was going to get pushed and it was like, fuck it, let's just go. And then I, it got pushed. I, I, I reckon Baz Broccoli is one of our um, is one of our <laughs> patrons, and it comes out and just goes, "I'm going to fuck with this guy again." Bang. Move it, move it, <laughs> move it, move it. But it'll cost us. Move it. This is funny. <laughs> She'll be like, "He's not done one in a while. Fucking pull it forward." Yeah. <laughs> Release it on Friday. <laughs> I don't think he'll watch it. He'll watch all of it. That would really fucking stress me out. How many films would I have to watch? Right. The World Is Not Enough, and then The Dying of the Day, and then The Four Craigs, so that's six. And then in commentaries, i got GoldenEye, Die Another Day, and Casino Royale. But Die Another Day, Casino Royale, I make that to be seven that I would actually have to watch. But then I'd need to do a commentary for three of those seven. So I reckon you're looking, you're probably looking at about what pushing 15, well, you look at like 20 hours maybe watching. I'd literally have to fuck off work tomorrow (laughs) or Friday daytime. Could you imagine if they were just like, right, fuck it, cinemas were back open and the Bond films out on Friday? (laughs) Yeah, just like, like, that's it, Friday morning, they just went. Well, oh, by you got a message from Cinema going, oh, by the way, we're reopened today <laughs> and we're reopening with Bond. Do it, Babs, <laughs> make it happen. Fucking hell. Uh, right. Oh, God, I wish, though. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'd, still, I'd still be... I'd take it, yeah. I'd be there, like, literally first fucking screen never get to. Yeah. Jesus Christ, yeah. Well, you know, we are... Uh, I'm really sorry I'm not going to be able to get in today. <laughs> I'm really sick. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I'd just be like, I'm taking some emergency leave because the cinemas are open. I, <laughs> I, on it, I'd bang on about it at work enough that they, they, they'd be like, yeah, all right, you do you. Yeah, it's mental health leave. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, quite. Uh, but you know, we're uh, T minus four weeks, five days. Not that I'm counting. Um, let's let's see. We get past the Oscars and then we got a three week countdown. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it, it, it's going to be all right, he said very assuredly. Uh, <laughs> fucking hell. Right. Um, so news. Um, I don't think this is necessarily a news beat to start with, but it was interesting. This so um, Anomalisa producer Keith Calder put out a tweet today where read like quotes tweeting someone talking about um, kind of like adult aimed animated films and why why they're not being made. And let me pull out his tweet. Was it because none of you fuckers watch it? Well, kind of, but this is okay. He said, honestly, I would love to make more, but the studios slash streamers didn't value Anomalisa appropriately and thus made it financially impossible for me to make more films like that independently. That is the nature of a capitalism driven system for making art. So now, okay. What, what, how would you prefer to get, the people if if we're saying okay not no money's going to change hands how are you going to get people to make the films market the films and then get pe- you know and have people watch the films it, it, yeah i mean 
I am baffled as to how like it just seems very you know it is very on trend to knock capitalism and lord knows there's a shitload wrong with capitalism but i think that people not going to see an well anomalisa not being financially successful can't be blamed on capitalism no but other films not getting made can be it films don't necessarily there shouldn't be this set uplift that films have to make to be considered viable they make back what they are what they cost and they're awards worthy and stuff like that then yes you are looking more at private investors and things like that rather than studios but it shouldn't all be about just making money because then all we'll be left with in 10 15 years time is fucking marvel movies and i don't i don't want to live in that world where i take exception to this right isn't the the whole idea of for instance paul thomas anderson is making another movie as we speak yeah right and has and, and paul thomas anderson has been making movies for getting on for 30 years now right um his movies always get a good release um, and are, are always big news, even outside of, of, of film circles. They don't make money. Mm. I mean, they don't make money. Martin Scorsese movies for a long time didn't make money. You know, that, that's, that's, that's a thing. It's a prestige element. Studios will follow prestige um, films and they will go for prestige things. They will make movies that um shooters will buy independent you know one of the great myths sometimes of independent films is they're not independent mm. there's, there's independent movies and then there's movies made by not major studios yeah my issue that, that i take with 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 these things when because he's not the first person it's, i'm not i'm not particularly picking on um it's key called is it sorry yeah i'm not particularly picking on him it's the it's the idea of intellectual snobbery within people of people didn't appreciate what we gave you as art it's like right no it's not that people didn't appreciate it it's people didn't like it that's a there's a big difference i watched oh, Lisa, and I, I i didn't like it i didn't get over there like that type right of movie. but other people didn't people appreciated it right and people really liked it but when you're when you're um, you're making something, right, and you're calling it art, fine, and it's there for somebody to appreciate or not. When you're making something and you're going to charge somebody in in some way to see that, right, you then can't play the you didn't appreciate my art thing at the other side of it because you're already making it. You're perpetuating. You're, the you're making it on the basis that people will have to pay to appreciate it. So already your whole the whole idea of art, and I'm doing bunny ears terrible for podcasts, is art is something that exists literally to exist for itself and people can appreciate it or they can choose to not. But it that's not no matter what they say, that's not what film is, unless it just gets someone makes it, then just puts it out there and goes, there you fucking go. Films can be art. Without question, films come out, and films are art, but you cannot 
if something isn't successful, claim that it's because people didn't appreciate the art that it, it, it isn't. And you can't at the same time blame capitalism. That's not the point that he's making, though, is he? The point that he's making is why do none of these films, more of these films not get made? That is the capitalist machine going, no, this won't make any money. But no, no. David Lynch films. Look, you, David Lynch could make a film tomorrow if he wanted to. He could, but, but he could he make to. David Lynch films if he wasn't no, David Lynch? No, right, yeah. No, but the, that's the thing, is artists used to work within a parameter of what they could work with, and they'd find a way to make their art. Mm. Going out and saying, I'm a filmmaker, but I can't make my art because nobody will give me $12 million to make it, is a bit like, right, what will they give you? They'll only give me two. Then fucking make it for two and change your art yeah. the way that you do things. Mm. A, a prime example um, is... If you're a poor artist, you use what you have. Is James Gray. James Gray is a brilliant filmmaker, right? But his principal job, and he's been making films for, again, 30 years, but does struggle to get them made. And um, he was writing um, film textbooks for a, a large portion of his career, and that's what paid the mortgage. Mm. What in between in between films, and then Brad Pitt's production company gave him 150 million dollars to go and make Ad Astra, a existential father and son piece set in space, which was brilliant, but didn't make money because nobody wants to see a two and a half hour existential film father and son piece set in space starring Brad Pitt and Tommy Lee Jones. See, you say that, but plenty of people have um, rocked up and watched Interstellar, and that's as existential and ununderstandable. And it's just marking. It's just, yeah. Ad Astra was badly marketed. But, no, to an extent, yes, but yeah. I think Nolan understands the idea of how, 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 not how cinema works, but how the cinema works and how the film industry works. He could only he could only make the movies that he makes if and we're taking Tenet out of the equation because of pandemic and like that. If his films continue to make money, now he luckily is in a position where he gets the artistic freedom to do it. He's got cash in the bank. But he knows that if if he has one that doesn't fucking land, he might get one or more. But he won't get two, and then it, it won't it won't happen after it, it won't get another one after that. That isn't how it how it works. So. Him and the team that he surrounds himself with for marketing are very, very fucking clever in the way they do things. You know, the way that they used to do things, even going back to the Batman movies, with sending fucking playing cards out to people six months before the fucking film came out. Yeah, but you're, you're a studio and you've got a Brad Pitt Spaceman movie mm. and you can't market that. That's not great. I mean, Ad Astra was an interesting case, though, because that was, you know, that was greenlit and I believe shot in the before Disney times. Mm. And then, you know, Disney had to take it on. And it's, you know, it did that. Do you know? I, 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 all that bullshit. Yeah. I, I, that, that's it. It got caught up. It almost got like a rep, an a, a, a un, undeserved reputation as being a bit of a trouble film. But it was really, you know, it was just because it was caught up in that. Um, but no, I mean, I, I, I think that's a, you know, it's a good point, Bex. I mean, the thing is with Nolan, it's bizarre because he's a populist filmmaker who seems to make things that people want to see, despite him 
also being very much in it like an intellectual it's a fascinating he's a fascinating venn diagram is mm. no um and I, I there are very very few film the thing is he deals with concepts but in a visually dynamic way he's he's he, he's one of the few filmmakers out there ever in the history of of, of film mm. um that has become essentially the, the the selling point has become the brand yeah um you know hitchcock had it what's it about i don't know it's um, a movie. spielberg had it for a for a really short period of time they still try and trade on it with spielberg now but it, it doesn't it doesn't have it anymore spielberg means a lot to film fans and in fact means a lot to a certain generation but the new generation, a newer generation, younger generation of just general cinema goers, not film-based cinema goers, um, Spielberg means nothing to them. It, it, it doesn't. I class myself as a film fan, and if 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 it's like oh blah blah blah, Spielberg, it, it, I find it, if anything off-putting. But that's because you don't like Spielberg. No, but don't. as a general, what is it in? For instance, in 1996, oh, yeah. Steven Spielberg's new film, it was a it, it was yeah. a big deal, mm. and that's that's how it traded. Mm. And you, you, you've you've only had you know a, a small amount in the history of film um, of, of actual filmmakers where that is the case. It, it is the case, mm. and that it has been the case for not just one or two films for a period of a few movies mm. um you know tarantino being one of them scorsese but scorsese only recently you know the, the, the feeling is with scorsese is it's he had the 80s for a barren period he was making movies and they were making very very good movies yeah but he's a director for hire yeah um and I then know, we're a long way away from the 80s aren't we and then he had that short period in the 90s the post goodfellas where he did goodfellas then cape fear he only made cape fear because uh he'd agreed to make it to get uh, Last Temptation of Christ made, yeah. um, and then you know he, he had a he had a very good run in, in the 90s, and that got him to be able to make Gangs of New York, and then he had to kind of kickstart again after what happened with that. Mm. Um, it, but there are the, the rarities. What? Sorry. Why? <laughs> I take? I think there's an umbrage that I take to this idea that. That everybody should, everybody can make a movie, so everybody should make a movie. And it's bollocks. It, it's absolute bollocks. Just because it's become easier to easier to make a movie because you, you've got a 4K. I'm holding a 4K camera. Yeah, but you're saying that there. five minutes away from saying if you can only get a two million pound budget, then just make it and do what you can. Yeah, that, that, that's fine. But I'm not saying that everybody who wants to make a movie should make a movie. Sometimes, do you know what? Sometimes your art is just shit. It's I'm, like when people complain about nobody wants to come and see my gigs. It might be because you're shit. I, yeah, I, it just, I, you know, I, I think he, I think he says it from, I think he says it from a good place. You know, like I don't, I don't think the guy's a dick, and like he, he's produced some really interesting good stuff. Good. But yeah, good stuff. It, but it's just, but. It's the society we live in, you know, and it's I don't, try and like like you said, Mark, try and work within the parameters of what of what you've got. You know, I, I mean, there, there are plenty of filmmakers who make it work. And if they're able to make it work on a on a smaller scale and have a hit, you look at Charlie Kaufman. People are still giving him money to make stuff, despite the fact I, I 
would be surprised if any of his films have made money for the last 15 years. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but he, he is a name to a certain subset. He is a brand. And I, you know, I, if he wanted to make another animated feature, Netflix will give him a budget or Amazon Studios will give him a budget. So this whole thing about I thought it was interesting about how the, the studios and streamers don't value Anomalisa appropriately. But it's a film that's like five or six years old that made five million dollars at the worldwide box office. The value of that film to a, stu- a studio or streamer is going to be fuck all. Yeah. Because why would it be anything else? Yeah, it's you, you, you've got a film there that can only be pitched to a small market. You, I mean, can't, that... you, you can't you can't you can't begrudge people because they don't want to watch a movie that you're not aiming at them. I mean, th- it, it's one that it almost feels like they said to Criterion, how about it? And Criter- Criterion said, we're not going to sell enough discs. Yeah. The, 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 no, nobody's asking us for it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's. I, I I just thought that was such an interesting quote, and I mean, it, like a really nice balanced discussion there. I think, but it it just, yeah, I I don't know. It just like I swear, I just see so many people going, we can't have nice things because capitalism, yeah. and it's like there there, there are plenty of things, but I, I'll tell you what, the uh, distribution of wealth, I am bothered by. Producer of Anomalisa blaming capitalism for why he can't get films made, not as much. And, and the other bit there is, as I would say between the three of us, prolific cinema goers, right? Ranging from everything from the latest Marvel releases to fucking that weird, um, what's it one that we went to see? What was it called with... Um, a fanning in it oh the road's not taken that road's not taken from like the, that fucking spectrum that we go down <laughs> right what i will say there is if if people want more of the, the these things these smaller budget more more think piece films that you know that i think the three of us really like if you want more of those go fucking see them in cinemas and not just your local art house cinema when you notice it's on go and see it at your multiplex because if enough people go to your multiplex to go and see it they will show them and they will continue to show them if you don't go and you just watch the press screener link that you got sent or you wait until it arrives on movie then no they're not going to get made i mean yeah i mean because that that's interesting it's like first cow is coming out in cinemas and is going to be on movie and it you know, it's like, OK, look, go out if you if, if if the cinema in your town is showing first cow and you were going to watch it on movie. Go go see it in the fucking cinema if you really want to support Kelly Reichardt. Yeah. You know, it, it's oh, I, I haven't seen first cow yet. I'm actually I'm thinking I might do a bit of a Reichardt retrospective and go see first cow in the cinema if I can. And especially if that movie go thing um, comes back when cinemas are open. So if I could just go see it down chapter, yeah, absolutely fine. At least I'm showing an interest. And that that's the thing with that and with Cineworld Unlimited and whatnot, you know, it's like it still counts towards the box office take. Yep. It's not it's not just you are paying 
and the exhibitor doesn't give the distributor a fee. That's not that's not how it works. They're still getting paid for the bum on seat, like not necessarily as much as they have as they would be if you were paying a full price ticket. But that does still happen. So, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I'll be honest, my, my unlimited card, I would book to see something that I thought maybe I'll go see this. Maybe I won't just so that, that like they had my ticket money for that. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, and it's, Cineworld and companies like that will look at the amount of tickets sold, uh, tickets booked, and we'll go, do you know what? That was worth it, that. Yeah. Let's look at the fucking, what else can we get that's a little bit smaller? And when cinemas reopen, that is going to be so fucking vital like for, for ongoing to make sure that distributors get the message that it's still worth putting films in cinemas. Mm. Fucking vital like i i will be redoubling my efforts like no one's business when cinemas reopen because if we don't fucking go and do that who knows where we'll be in a couple of years especially you know with that news that like arc light cinemas pacific cinemas in the u.s including the fucking cinerama dome um but somebody's gonna buy that cinerama i I mean somebody will buy that venue somebody Somebody, somebody will buy that venue. Be it, 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 there will be somebody who will buy it and, and and have it as some kind of boutique. Exactly. But this, I mean, and like Netflix have bought the Egyptian cinema, which is very is pretty close. There's some speculation could Amazon buy it or something like that. Yeah. You know, I thought I, I thought it was funny. Uh, film journalist David Hughes, um, he tweeted the other day, like saying, like quote tweeting Ryan Johnson saying, like it's. Uh, you know, this is this this venue shouldn't shut down. And then like another tweet about how Ryan Johnson just got a hundred million dollars for the Knives Out sequels. And it's you know, I mean, I I think that level of phil- for philanthropism is is you know, I I I I don't think Ryan Johnson's a prick if he doesn't do that. But you know, but, it'd but, be but, nice. <laughs> but the thing is, there is let's say hypothetically, and this is a very hypothetical, right? Let's say the 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 rumors are true that Ryan Johnson is literally getting a hundred million dollars of that money, right? It wouldn't surprise you if if Ryan Johnson there literally turned around to his uh, his manager of the accountant and just went, "Can we have a look at this? Just why not have a look? Not to even do it, but just to have a look at the finances of it and just go, do you know what? Maybe why you know why not?" look at it i mean yeah it, it, it it's very unlikely that, that 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 that's going to get demolished netflix amazon apple somebody is going to fucking go nah fuck it let's buy it mm. um because it, it, it's just gonna be it, it, it's it's just good pr and look at all of this money we've got <laughs> mm. yeah yeah why i but i mean and this is the thing it's like is is that is that the start of something? I mean, I I think, uh, you know, are things closing down. But then again, will landlords really want those massive spaces that cinemas occupy to be dormant when, you know, uh, like brick and mortar retail is already like having some trouble anyway? You know, I mean, like, could, you know, will they maybe just go, look, we won't you know we'll look at the rates you know to try and get try and get a buyer i don't know 
it's interesting, but it's 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 very it's very very sad, and especially when hopefully we're so close to not the end, but a normal that people can be comfortable with going out in. Yeah, not not, not the end, but maybe a new a, a new beginning. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it just you know very yeah, it's very the very most, sad. Most inspirational thing I've heard in a in a while, that Mark. Oh, well, you're welcome. Thank you. Uh, Mark's in a Mark's in a good mood this week. I like this. I like it's this. Like his first beer in in like four months. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to ask. How did that taste? It was it was pretty damn good. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. But the pint I had, not the pint itself, but the, the beer I had wasn't the wasn't the greatest of beers uh, that I had. Mm. Uh, it wasn't like a shitty beer. It was still a fucking um, it's pretty tight beer. It was you know it, it was uh, a salt. Beer, a salt brewery uh, beer. You went for like a mandarin sour, didn't you? No, not a sour. Oh, not a sour. No, it was like a, um, it was like a Spanish style uh, IPA, um, um, and it was really nice, but it had that that quite coppery twang that it gets at the end. Yeah, of it. yeah. Um, but it literally, it didn't, it didn't take long, did it? No. It was like three gulps and it was fucking gone. That was good. Some good food was had as well. Yeah, yeah. It looked, it looked good. So um, it, it was, it was. It was nice to go. I, I, I was, I, I was genuinely a little bit nervous. I was like, I've been drinking for fucking months. <laughs> what if I blow up? <laughs> we went back today as well, didn't we? Yeah. For pizza. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's it's worth saying if people don't follow Mark and Becky on Instagram, there's usually some pretty good food slash drink content. <laughs> yes. Head across there, guys. <laughs> um. So in terms of actual news, um, I'm not entirely sure what there is. Um, oh, well, those BAFTAs. There was, there was, the, there was the BAFTAs, wasn't there? Um, where um, you had um, older white recipients of Academy Awards, sorry, Academy of Awards just not really giving a shit, mm. which kind of, you know, is bad optics at the moment, isn't it? <laughs> it's yeah. just is bad optics. They are a and, risk, I am, and I am a little bit surprised that no, that I think if it had been let's say different people, I think more might have been made of it. Yeah, I kind of love it in a way, but to be fair, Anthony Hopkins, could you not have just put down the paintbrush for five minutes? I, I am. I, I I never believe this crap when it's people don't realise it. Bollocks. Oh why? What did he do? I didn't. I haven't seen any about it. He, he he basically he didn't. He wasn't like zooming in, and apparently he was just painting, and he heard people shouting in from the other room that he'd won. Yeah, that's bollocks. It's it it, it seems a little bit like willful. Mm. That, that 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 that's that's not not noticing like that. That's willfully ignoring it, and it just feels a little bit like. It feels a little like, do you know what? I've won these before. It's not really a big deal for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm too invested in my painting. And it's like, <laughs> you've got sort of, there were other actors on that that, you know, it would have made a really big deal to. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah I, 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 it sounds maybe a little bit wanky, but when one of the other actors is fucking died and mm. was like half your age... I don't know. Maybe have a little bit of respect. It, 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 it's it's that. It, it's the either 
either don't be available yeah. or just say that you're not available. For personal reasons, you're not available. Um, or, you know, show up. Don't half-ass mm. kind of show up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's just rude. It's just, and it's like, the white English guy wins and doesn't bother accepting it. And then the other... Oh, Ian. Are, Ian. What? Ian. Oh, Welsh. Oh. oh sorry. <laughs> you fucking... You said that just in time because I, could, I could hear them coming down the fucking valleys for you then. Yeah, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> but... And then... Oh, I don't know, British guy. And then, the, uh, uh, you know, Riz Ahmed, Chadwick Boseman, Ardash Gurev, Mads Mikkelsen and Tahar Rahim. You know, it, it's I, and then you got Anthony Hopkins, who, fair, if he was just like, I'm not going to win because Chadwick Boseman's going to win it, then maybe fair enough. But it's the British Academy, isn't it? So I suppose, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, I thought there were some interesting wins though. Um, Francis McDormand winning for um, Nomadlands kind of maybe put her back in i don't know it, it, it's interesting because viola davis winning the, the the sag awards was a bit of an upset but then mcdormand winning this it's like is everything just going to fall into line now because you look at the you look at the winners and they are kind of generally all right for as varied as the nominations were when you had the whole academy fucking voting for the winners kind of all fell into place really um, even though I thought Yu uh, Jung Yun uh, winning um, supporting actress for Minari and then in her acceptance speech saying that she was surprised because she thought the British were snobby. Um, the thing is, is fucking amazing. It is, is when you take that out of out of the context of what she says, it sounds a little, the way it's been like reported. Yeah. Sounds a little bit like she's being, she's having a bit of a dig. When you actually read the whole, you see the whole thing or read the whole thing, she's actually being quite sweet. And she's saying that it's really nice that she's been accepted because, and I think there's a translation thing yeah. within that. Yeah. Um, and it's really, it's quite nice, but it's kind of like, it's making you go, could she win the Oscar? I th- that's the thing. She's kind of starting to win stuff all over the place now. And mm-hmm. the Oscar voting, I think, yeah, well, it does close next week. It wouldn't be the week after because the Oscars would have gone. Um, but that that's the thing. I kind of feel like the heat is on her a bit now. Um, I think I put money on her. I want to have a look now. I want to see what my cash out would be. Um, but yeah, I mean, Promising Young Woman won, uh, won a couple, which I think is fair enough. I think Emerald Fennel is uh, like a good value for winning screenplay at the Oscars, if nothing else, for Promising Young Woman. Um, it's just... It's a shame that the big ticket ones, like you know, best film, best director, just feel incredibly wrapped up. I wish, I wish that wasn't the case, just to make it a bit more fun. Mm. Yeah, but it, it, it now it now seems like you're waiting for them to open the envelope and announce it, so it can be out of the way. There have Quite. been surprises in the past, though. I don't. I don't think this year is. I think this year is going to be very much of the favourites are going to win. I can't, yeah. I can't see it being. I think everyone that is favourites with a bucket is going to win. I yeah. So I'm. I'm. Um. 
I, I staked a pound on Yun Jun Young, and at the moment I could cash out for two fifteen. <laughs> um, she's she's two to one now apparently. Um, yeah. Viola Davis, oh, put a pound on, I can cash out a three pound fifteen. I got her at ten to one. I'm quite pleased with that. Yeah, that 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 one could happen. I, th- I think the most open in the Academy Awards of the of the big awards, I think, is still um, Best Actress. Mm. Out of the big ones, yeah, yeah, I think I think, I think you're right. Three are going to win. He's going to win that. It's going to be Francis McDormand, Viola Davis, or Kerry Mulligan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really, I, I really don't know where to hang my hat on that one. Because it, it, it's almost like the BAFTA membership voting for McDormand. It's a bit like, I, 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 I you know, she's Frances McDormand. Of course, we're going to vote for her. It feels like maybe the Academy's a bit more, well, hang on a second, Viola Davis. And you're going to have the younger members of the Academy that, that are maybe like, Hang on a second, Kerry Mulligan. You know, it's uh, it, it, it it's interesting. I mean, I you know, I didn't like Promising Young Woman as much as you guys, but and it's the the, the backlash that's starting to form on that film is is interesting. Um, even though the backlash on Nomadland as well. Have you guys seen all that stuff going on Twitter the last couple of days? It's like that film has been fucking around. Like I I I saw Nomadland or like six months ago, pretty much now. Yeah. Um. And now people are, are really kicking off about, well, it doesn't really criticise Amazon, does it? It doesn't really get into the Amazon cult. No, it's because it's not about fucking Amazon. <laughs> it is. There are there are things a little bit. You get that sometimes with films where people start talking about what they're what they're either endorsing, what they're criticising, or things like that, and you're like, what what what? Where's that? Co- it's got nothing to do with that. <laughs> I, I think I, I think I said in my pod syndicate review that I was pleasantly surprised that it didn't become a diatribe against Amazon. Not because yeah. I fucking like jerk off Amazon or anything, but because I didn't go to that film to watch the 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 the, the, the difficulties of Francis McDormand packing some deodorant for someone. You know, like it, you got also you guys realize you're gonna have to watch that film in like the next eleven days or so. Yeah. I think the weird thing is with Nomadland, I, I'm actually kind of I, I'm, I'm up for it, but I'm, it, it's one of those rare movies where I'm finding it weird to pinpoint what when to watch it. I'm like, I'm like that. Not I like, want to watch like, it. Yeah. I just there's never any point at which I want to watch it. Yeah, there's never a moment where I go, <laughs> this is the this is this, this is, is the, the opportunity moment. time. <laughs> it is almost a little bit nomadian in its in its when I should watch it. Um, but then when, once I've watched it, I'll, I'll be able to go. This is the perfect time to watch it. <laughs> but it's it had an IMAX release in Australia and I think in the US. And it's like if I was going to watch Nomadland again, I wish it was that. What I'd like to know is are there more are there more IMAX scenes? <laughs> In Nomadland than there were in, in Wonder, 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 Wonder Woman. Woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't know. It's interesting. If, if there are, if there are, 
it blows to shit the fucking art versus capitalism fucking idea. <laughs> I mean, I mean that that yeah. I mean that's because Parasite got a fucking IMAX re-release. Yep. I mean, Parasite, Parasite <laughs> uh, got three separate releases. It got its mm. standard release. It got a black and white release, and it got an IMAX release. Right. So if anybody at any point turns around to you in like a few years' time and says, I love Parasite, I just wish I got to see it at the cinema, you can go, fuck you. You could have gone to see it at the cinema, you prick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's oh, it's so funny. That's We've already funny. seen it and we saw it at the cinema. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yeah, that's the Bathers. There's uh, there's no award shows uh, this weekend. I don't think it feels like everything's just uh, gearing up for whatever the Oscars turn out to be. Um, it's going to be interesting. So I was thinking about it from a show production point of view. If we're going to do the same as last year and review a film before talking about the Oscars, you know what that film's going to be? What? I mean, the probable multiple Oscar nominated film next year. And you spent confidential too. Mortal Kombat, mate. Is it? <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. Get ready. Get ready. I, I'm very up for that. I mean, it was Birds of Prey before the Oscars last last year. Um, God, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Mortal Kombat this year. Wild. Um, okay, so we're 40 minutes into the regular show, so we may as well talk about some trailers. <laughs> Um, I think I think the Thunder Force review is going to be fairly quick, so you know, hey, but we get it. We'll, we'll we'll see, we'll see. Um, trailers, trailers, trailers. So yeah, there's been at least a couple. I can yeah. think of two biggies. Am I missing anything there, Mark? Uh, I think I think there's been how many has there been? There's been three, I think, that we've watched, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, and I'd say they're all quite biggies. Too many bigger than the other, but yeah. Um, so the first, well, first one I think we'll bring up is Army of the Dead, the first proper trailer for this. Oh, that was the other one. That's three biggies. Okay. Yeah. Zack Schneider's kind of return to film. You know, I know we had the Snyder cut. Like, what is it? But this is his first movie that wasn't a movie he already made in four years, four or five years. Wow. And his first, his first original movie in quite a while. Mm. Since Sucker Punch, eh? Yeah. So what, are you getting on, like, what, nine years? Mm. Sounds about right. Fuck it out with the zombie bullshit. Um, yeah, it, 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 it is like he's gone... It's... It feels a little bit, when I was watching it, like... Um, if... Let's say if, if, if one day James Cameron and um, got in, you know, the fly transporter. Yeah. Um, and just as James Cameron got in the fly transporter, um, my brain's gone dead. Um, Michael Bay jumped in with him and just went and just went went Jimmy Jimmy can I have a quick word? <laughs> what the fuck was that? And then that came out of the other side was this fucking movie. <laughs> it just it looks chaotic, bit mad, 
There's no point in it whatsoever. Batista's just fucking running around being Batista. It looks a bit like a computer game, but it looks quite proficient. <laughs> and a bit like, do you know what? There's a little bit of a don't bet against that movie being an awful lot of fucking fun. That film is going to be a fucking riot. There's a zombie tiger in it. There's zombie showgirls, and it's a Las Vegas heist. And another thing I like about it, not everybody in that film is a recognisable face. It's mm. not a bunch of things that you can throw at a poster yeah. and go, this person, 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 this person which... Some filmmakers... It's refreshing, isn't it? Go for it. Mm. It's, fuck it. Let's just make a good film rather than a film that's got a load of characters in it. I think it looks like a lot of fun. We will be watching this from a hot tub. We will be watching it from a hot tub. I am hoping I can see this in the cinema. They've said select theatres in the US, mm-hmm. which I'm hoping means the UK as well. Yeah, it, um, it, it, if it's UK cinemas and it's available in cinemas, we'll go and watch it at the cinema. Won't we? We'll be away. We'll be away, but... Two things there. One, we can go before I go after. And two, there is that cinema in Bridlington. <laughs> it, I, I imagine it'll I have, think they'll have it. I don't think they'll have it now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it won't be a world or only a viewer or anything, but the showcase by me was showing, um, it showed Trial of Chicago 7, it showed Mank uh, uh, before Christmas. So, uh, like, I, yeah, I'd like to think there would be a chance to see it on a big screen. Yeah, it looks, it looks really fun. Um, looks like it knows exactly what it is which is what you need for for that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd be a little bit wary if it was over two hours. I hope it's a nice and tight, like, 105 minutes or something like that. That would be fine. Mm. Um, but, yeah, no, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that one goes. It's interesting. There was um, somebody got recast in it um, after shooting, and that the, the replacement. Um, so Chris Delia... Um, who I think was a uh, somebody who subsequently got cancelled has been replaced by uh, Tig Notero, and all of that, uh, all of their scenes were were shot um, like basically on green screen. Okay. Uh, like, well, I would uh, say, yeah, that that movie looks looks like looks like it could have been shot where Zack Snyder never had to leave his back garden. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it, I mean, it looks, it looks all right. Like yeah. it looks like it looks like it, it will pass the test. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it, it's just it, it's exciting thinking that you know next month, touch woods. I mean, we're definitely gonna have Army of the Dead, but you know we're gonna have a uh, spiral right at the back end of the month. Quiet Place Part Two. Um, there's there's like a couple of uh, Cruella. Um, it, it just it feels like okay, there is a bit of a summer movie season. You know, e- even if things did even if things did go south, you're gonna have Army of the Dead and you're gonna have Cruella in May. That's something. So we'll see. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's. It's just the fact it's really starting to get close now. Like, we are, like, mid-April. We are in mid-April. And cinemas open in mid-May. We are 32 days away from the 17th of May. Fucking hell. Oh, Oh, I hope I don't die. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be a real kicker, wouldn't it? Oh, man. 
so glad I've still got quite a lot of Oscar-nominated films to watch before the Oscars, just to give me something to focus on. Uh, I'm going to do it, though. I've got 11 left. <laughs> um, wait, what else we got? Uh, I've got another one before the biggie. Mm-hmm. So, the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. I mean, of, of course, this will be fun. Yep. It's just a big old go on then, isn't it, really? Yeah. It, it, it is, yeah. It's. I love the use of Britney Spears in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. It, it's one of those where you will, you will, without question, you will get somebody going, I mean, who are they making a sequel to The Hitman's Bodyguard for? And it literally, I, I will the fucking Kool-Aid man through their wall and just go, <laughs> this motherfucker! Yeah. <laughs> uh, it just looks like an awful lot of fun. Will I spend another two hours with those characters just in a, a stupidity of a movie? Then, yeah, absolutely I will. Ryan Gosling and his neurotic bodyguard. Reynolds and his neurotic bodyguard, yeah. Yeah, there's a great moment where, where he accidentally bushes his face into uh, Salma Hayek's boobs, and you know that's going to be a running joke throughout the entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's... um. It's coming out on a Wednesday over here. And the idea of finishing work, like maybe like starting work early, finishing work early and fucking off to a nice like half three, four o'clock screening of the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard of a Wednesday just sounds like perfection. Uh, what I will say there, the the idea. So is out the, uh, the 23rd, is it? Uh, I know it's a Wednesday and I know it's June. Yeah, 23rd of June, yeah. Yeah, so usually we have Wednesdays off, don't we, Bets? So usually, yeah, the idea of getting up on, on that Wednesday and going to see the first screening at, like, half 11 of that, I'm down with that. Oh, do you know what we could do? We could go watch that, then we could go discuss it and dissect it over a pint and a pizza at Spark. Because yeah. life. Because life is good. There you go. It's all but, happening. Yeah, and then there's the biggie in there. So... um. Fast Nine, the Fast Saga. Uh, I, for me, it was just exactly what I wanted. Yeah, it was. Because I'll be honest, the first trailer I liked. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, it you did look at it and go, you, you were watching it, and after it finished, you went, I am seeing a big rock-shaped hole in this movie. Sure. <laughs> and they're, you know, and going, and you're trying to fill it with Cena. And I like John Cena. Uh, you, know, you do. You're a big proponent yeah, of Cena. I do. I, I, but I, I do prefer him in comedy roles because I think the guy has fantastic comedic time. He's got good comedy chops, yeah. Um, but, yeah, but with, at the end of this, at no point were you thinking, oh, do you want to make that better? The Rock or Statham. You were just going, all right, I, I'll watch that now. Yeah, the, the, the Rock needs to take a little minute and have a bit of a break. For uh, people to get not sick of him. Yeah, I think that uh, this it it just it just looks like dumb, silly fun. Mm. Which is what the fast movies should be. Yeah, they are. Which bit was it Ian, that made you go? That made you audibly say, "Oh, oh yeah, fuck!" Uh, I fucking applauded. I actually applauded. John Cena swinging on that thing, and then Vin Diesel just seeming to bundle into him in midair. <laughs> like how what? 
Like, isn't it literally going to be he's swinging and then it's just cuts to Vin Diesel running down a hall and then jumping out the window at him? Because it kind of seems like it's going to. Oh, yeah, it is. Without question. There's, there's also there's also a bit in it that looks like um, essentially Vin Diesel throws a truck at a plane. Yep. Down with that. Yep. Oh, it's... shit. Sorry, just to say, here, man's bodyguard's wife, out on the 23rd of June. On the 25th of June, Wrath of Man. Ooh. What a double bill that's going to be that yeah, week. Sorry. That's a week. Um, yeah, it's it just, F9, it, it kind of like, there's, there's going to be, what, there's, there's, there's F9, and then there's going to be another Hobson Shaw movie. And then Fast 10 will probably, is the idea was always that it'll tie everything up together. You're kind of wondering, are Vin and Dwayne going to be able to put their differences aside and come together for that? How, how bad is their beef? Uh, both will apparently, apparently will not work with each other. Why though? I don't know. Is it ego based or... I, I think the rock is intimidated by Uncle then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fucking Black Widow and Fast Nine are out the same day. That seems like a bad idea for Black Widow. Mm. I, I mean, that's one hundred percent Universal going. Fuck it. None of these bloody cinemas are going to show Black Widow because it's on Disney Plus as well. We'll have your screens. Thanks very much. It, it does. It does seem a little bit like people for what a, a good six or seven years, probably longer, have been saying, "Why are we getting a Black Widow movie? Why are we getting a Black Widow movie?" Um, and then just literally, you're going to see Disney and Marvel stood over the fucking corpse of the Black Widow movie, going, "Is this not what you wanted?" The thing is, they've fucked the Black Widow movie because I don't think they've made the Black Widow movie that people actually want. Is, 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 and also they've they've done it. Is, is it because a they didn't need to make it, no. and b they made it four years too late? Oh yeah. It's like if they announced the next one and went, oh, we can do a Hawkeye movie now. What? Why? I'd I don't watch, know. Why not? I'd watch the shit out of a Hawkeye movie. There's doing a series. Got the TV series coming. It, it, I will, I will are watch they still that. doing the series or did he no. get cancelled? No, no, no. They 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 they've shot it or they're shooting it. Um, Hayley Steinfeld was all over social media about it. Why, 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 why is Renner being cancelled? I like Jeremy Renner. A he, big fan of his hair in the um in the last strong hair. It's like fucking it. strong hair with that fucking side shave situation and like a little bit of a mohawk I, thing. I had a weird thing, right? I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go slightly off topic here. <laughs> I need I need to know why Renner's cancelled first because that'll make me really. I, I think maybe a slight Susan of domestic abuse. Yeah, there was there was there was, there was words were hard. Um, oh shit! Right. So both myself and Ian it doesn't it doesn't apply to you this but both myself and Ian um, are entering an age where hair has become an issue. Let's say my hair's an issue. You have loads of it, so stop complaining. Um, right. However, I had a weird dream the other night mm. where I met a genie, but he was a bit of a prick. Right. Right. Sweet. And. He, he came up with my wishes rather than me come up with my wishes. And one of them was um, 
that, right, I'm going to give you your hair back. I was like, all right, cool, but you've got to pick one hairstyle, and that is it. That is the hairstyle you're going to have for the rest of your life from the moment I click my fingers to the moment you die. That is the hairstyle. You can wash anything like that, but the minute you get out of the shower and you dry it, bump, it's going to be in that style, but you get to choose the style. And I was like, I woke up like in a cold sweat going, oh, my God, what style do I choose? <laughs> I know it's not real, but hypothetically, Ian, what style would you choose? Who would you choose to go off? Whose hair do you go? That's the hair. Can I, I, mine's easy. What? Juliette Lewis. Juliette Lewis has some banging fucking hair. That's it's just one, haircut. It's one particular. Yeah. Juliette Lewis has had the same hair for the entirety of her adult life. Fringe, shag haircut, layers. Looks like a bit of a mess. But who's got like the most hair? Because I have increasingly little hair. So who has the most? That's it. It's it, 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 it's you've got to balance it and go right. What do I want that looks cool now, but isn't going to make me look an absolute fucking cataclysmic twat when I'm 62. That a cat twat. Sorry. A cat, that's good. Which one? What was that one? Cat twat. <laughs> the chap on the beard videos you watch, the the grey haired man, he's got good hair. Grey, you've got to work out a lot of different outfits you can't wear. Like I mean, babe, you've got a lot of grey going on anyway. I know, but I get you need to pause, rewind. You watch beard videos. Yeah. What, beard what grooming they? videos, yeah. Right, grooming videos. Okay, right. <laughs> just need, I just needed a bit more context than beard videos. Oh, okay. So you fucked yourself because you basically mentally willed all the hair from the top of your head onto the bottom of your face. Yeah. That's that's where you fucked yourself. Wasn't a great trade off. <laughs> uh, I could have like balanced it a little bit better. I thought you got a good beard. But what hair do I go for? Honestly, it, 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 it's it's gonna it, it's something that could never happen, but will keep me up at night. <laughs> oh, hang on, no, Velma out of Scooby Doo. What's her real name? It looked terrible on me. No, not for you. Linda Cardellini. Yeah, Linda Cardellini's hair in that TV show she's in with the Applegate one. Dead that's, to me. Yeah, so, yeah, that's right. That, that's whose hair I'd have. Cool. It's basically the same as the Juliet Lewis. Still one. not helping me. I mean, but it's not a decision you need to make right now because genies aren't real and this isn't a thing. We, we don't think they're real. you. Yeah. I, I, I am not willing to right now write off the possibility of genies. Only a fool would. No, just because. Why? Why take it with the possibility of joy? I mean, because they're not real. Why? Because you never met one. That's like when the fucking cat tried to tell me that fucking birds eat wolves. Hang on. A cat told you that birds eat wolves? The cat told me that birds eat wolves. There's loads of birds around and there's no wolves, so hence, clearly birds eat wolves. But what do you mean the cat told you? Mark has conversations with the cat in his head. You're not really painting yourself in a good light tonight, are you? What? You're sounding a bit of a mental. I'm fine. <laughs> I mean, it's a, I don't know. To be fair, I have conversations with the dog, so I get it. It just—it was very nonchalantly just saying that the cat told you that birds eat wolves. He did. 
Right. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> um, fast free. I hope. I, I, fast free. Fucking hell. Fast nine. I hope it's three hours long. I really hope it's three hours long. I hope it's three hours and 11 minutes long. Jesus fucking Christ. You're not making yourself look like a Philistine by hoping everything's 90 minutes for a change. Sorry, I'll, 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 take, I'll take that. As long as, as long as there's less than seven minutes of Jordana Brewster. <laughs> I need every single theatrically released film this summer to be three hours long. Yeah. Right, that is Fast 9. What a treat. Comes out in July over here. Hopefully. It will, I think. Yeah, it will. I think. Just the preface, everything. Well, not preface. What add, I think, onto the end? There's got to be a preface-esque word for adding something onto the end. Because it would be like postfus, but that's not it. What is it? Yeah. Cave- yeah, caveat, I suppose. Caveat, but maybe, yeah. It's like adding it on. Uh, yeah, it, 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 it's close, but it's not quite there, is it? Caveat. Uh, tweet us, please, folks. Yeah, caveat's not quite what we're looking for, but it's close. Oh, yeah. no. So. Give me, give me the. the, the you the, missed it now, now. Oh. Listen. Yeah. Let's let's move on from that. Postfus, like preface. There's got to be a... Right, sorry. It's okay. It's postscript now, because we're not writing it. I'm going to preface this by saying blah, 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 blah. But then blah, 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 blah. But I'm going to postface this by saying maybe. My dog doesn't agree. Right. Thunder Force. Thunder Force is a film. It's written and directed by Ben Falcone. And it stars Melissa McCarthy, Octavia Spencer, uh, Jason Bateman, and Bobby Can- uh, Cannavale. And uh, Pom Clementef is how I'm going with her name. Um, so, Melissa McCarthy and Octavia Spencer play friends in childhood who... Uh, drift uh, well they don't drift apart they have an argument and kind of like stop being friends uh, Melissa McCarthy's character tries to reconnect with Octavia Spencer's character when she uh, comes back into the city Octavia Spencer is now a scientist who is trying to develop a formula to turn people into super people to defeat um, bad guys uh, who are called uh, ne'er the wells I don't know what are they fucking miscreants. called miscreants thank you should have been called <laughs> Should have been called Ned the Wells. Um, however, Melissa McCarthy accidentally uh, takes the, the formula herself and Octavia Spencer and Melissa McCarthy then uh, turn into superheroes and uh, go do battle with Bobby Cannavale's uh, The King. So. This is another film where Melissa McCarthy is teamed with Ben Falcone. Ben Falcone, an actor, writer and director who has only directed Melissa McCarthy films. Um, Super Intelligence came out in UK cinemas for like two days last year. Um, Quickly died a death and I think it had been delayed anyway. It was sold to HBO Max um, or at least given to HBO Max. 
uh thunder force uh i believe was a netflix original all along um and yeah thunder force becky bit of a wet fart or no it's a weird one because whenever a melissa mccarthy kind of dumb looking movie comes along i'm always like oh say this looks shit it's gonna be awful and then the reviews weren't great and and stuff like that but then I watch them and I actually really enjoy them and it's not necessarily that it's a good movie I just enjoy Melissa McCarthy in stuff I think her her reactions to things are always very her 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 sort of mannerisms and her way of being are very naturalistic and and relatable and it makes it kind of funny like the 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 comments and the way that she reacts to things um i i honestly didn't hate this and i i really expected to hate it i i had a good time with it to be honest sorry no i mean i i don't know i just was deeply whelmed by it (laughs) you know just whelmed yes that's what Thunder Force made me feel. Um, it just... It feels like if they were trying to do a superhero movie before the MCU came along. It's like my super ex-girlfriend. Like... <laughs> yeah. Where it's like somebody who's not watched a superhero film for 15 years was told, right, can you do a funny superhero movie, please? But he's quite funny. Ah. I mean, comedy is uh, subjective. Absolutely. I will say that the running joke involving the raw chicken was one of the worst comedic decisions maybe ever committed to film yeah watching him eat raw chicken was grim i'm not gonna lie it's just how many times they fucking repeated that it's it's not funny that's not funny it's gross the first time round, it works because it's surprising and gross but by the time you've got them feeding each other raw chicken and whatnot it's like no um (laughs) See, I didn't. That that was the one bit of raw chickening that I didn't hate when they when they lady in the tramp there at the end. That made me giggle. Oh no, no, no. Um, and he was really funny in it. And the fact that they kept mishearing him saying half Korean as half Korean. <laughs> I I I enjoyed when Jason Bateman's running away. It's basically him sidestepping while snipping his. Oh pins. god, that was so good. <laughs> like that that almost felt like Jason Bateman just going I think it would be funny if I did this <laughs> oh. oh the bit where they're berating the waiter as well in the restaurant for offering all this seafood <laughs> offering a guy who got bit with a ball bag by a, a really active crab seafood See, any, any movie that uses the phrase ball bag deserves an extra star <laughs> Mark a question for you yeah. Do you think Ben Falcone knows how to call cut? Um, no. I. The thing is, whenever I see Ben Falcone in things, I actually quite enjoy him in things. But then when you go back and look at over his 
his acting credits. It, it's alarming how many of them, majority of them, um, star his wife. And then mm. the other ones star Jason Bateman, his mate. And it just, it, he seems a little bit like, um, you know, the um, in, in, in Triple X, uh, The Return of Xander Cage. Mm. One of oh, the guy's yes. superpowers is that he's just really fun to be around. Yeah. Is that a little bit Ben Falcons? <laughs> that he's just he's just nice to be around. <laughs> and there's an element of that. Um he has I the the weird thing is, I think he knows as a as a a film person or a film appreciator i think he knows a way to to um to pattern films in, in terms of he knows how to go right i think this choice of musical will be quite good i think this way of yeah. of, of pacing something will be quite good i think this and doing it like this and this idea will be fun and this idea will be fun i think all of that is there as a director, though, there's no, it's, it's very much, there's, there's no flair or style. He, it, it very much is the people in it sell the movie. Mm. Uh, it, 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 it's that. Um, I think that the movie, this movie, for instance, itself, it, it relies on, uh, the, the, the charm of Melissa McCarthy, and if, yeah. if, if if you enjoy that, and you enjoy yeah, her the way that she uh, portrays comedy, yeah, uh, I I think you'll you'll get on with it a lot better. Uh, I think you said Ian, um, Octavia Spencer is is very underused. She's literally there to stand and say things. I felt really bad for her because she can be funny, and she is completely the straight man who does exposition. Yeah. It, 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 it is... It, she did just stand there. And then the... The thing is... I'm not sure if it was trying to do this. I'm not sure if it was trying to hide things from you. Because A, it was patently obvious that... Um, that the that these miscreants were working for the king. Mm-hmm. It was almost... Then that became patently obvious, you know, as soon as you worked that out, which was very quick... Literally the first time you saw Bobby Carnivale, you went, well, clearly they're working for him. Um, That's partly because any time he turns up, it's like, he's a body. Yeah. But also where you're like, right, well, then he clearly must be a miscreant as well. But then at the end, when she, when the daughter appears, like, well, yeah, of course she's been taking something to what is it? But... I didn't mind her, though. I thought she'd really annoy me when she first kind of rocked up. I thought she'd annoy me throughout the film, but she's not... But... No, she's not. But Ian is is right because that reminds me of this. There's certain scenes, like for instance, the the Urkel scene. Oh fucking oh, hell! Right? Yeah, yeah you, you're right. There, yeah. At the time, I didn't notice it, but yeah, there's more sort of flooding that's going. Oh yeah, yeah. That it's the joke gets told, and then it gets told again, and then it gets told again, and then it keeps going. It's like, all right, it, it it's just a bit weird now. Um, and that did happen. Melissa Leo's, um, I think, role, like performance within that scene was really good of how dismissive she was of Melissa McCarthy. Is she Jodie Foster? Yeah. Yeah. 
But then, but but then there's another thing, right? And and this is a weird thing that crops up in mid-range comedies, right? Of having a joke that is that you will only get if you watched an a, a not not deeply obscure but a fairly obscure mid nineties movie. So a, a joke based on the movie Nell is a little bit, and this is a, this is also a Batemanism. It's a little bit like the joke based on Lorenzo Oil, Lorenzo's Oil in uh, oh, Paul. Paul. Yeah. It's odd. I mean, it's the fact though that she turns around to um, Melissa Melissa Leo, and she's like, "No, you know what I mean, don't you?" And she's like, "Yeah, mid nineties, Jodie Foster movie. It's about blah blah blah." And it's like, "See, she gets it. I enjoyed that bit of it, but the rest of that whole scene was kind of painful." Yeah, I mean, I'd be a hypocrite if I said I wasn't into that kind of stuff though, because I think. Seth Rogen telling Steve Carell be like David Caruso in Jade is yeah. one of the, especially uh, now having seen Jade, is one of the funniest fucking lines in the Forty Year Old Virgin. Oh yeah, and the thing is, I, I, I like them, and I like these little references because it's nice. Because it, it, partially because I'm a nerd and I get them. I went to see fucking Nell at the cinema. Um, Who'd you go with? On my own. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a fucking weird experience that. See, that's <laughs> 11 years old fucking rocking up on a fucking Tuesday afternoon in the summer holidays to watch Nell <laughs> um, and I, I, I love those and yes by the way that is the best line in 40 year old virgin um, that's not a high bar it's a good film, um, it's good film. but but yeah I, I did enjoy that and it, it, it is fun it's just a weird little quirk within these movies mm. these type of movies that you get these obscure references yeah I, it's I don't know I just like I say I was whelmed I don't I don't hate it but I thought there were definitely scenes that went on too long even like literally just before the credits where they're all going fun duh force that felt like that went on like 10 seconds too long. You know, yeah. it's just the the rhythm of the film is very, very odd. Yeah, it, it, it definitely it's it starts out. But, but then again, even that the opening bit where they're young goes on too long. Yeah. Well, before she turns into Bobby Cannavale. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it, it, even that bit go, goes on too long because you've got them at three different ages. Yeah. It's like you don't need that. You brought such a long period of time before you, you, contact. You can you can establish that so much easier by having them at the, the, the young age that it shows you at, and then having another scene later on where they're both dressed up in like a mid nineties clothing, but as Octavia Spencer and uh, Melissa McCarthy, and Octavia Spencer's going to college. And you do that and you make a joke out of, well, fucking hell, they're like in their 40s. So it, it, it looks weird. And you make that part of the joke. Mm. And you have that. And that establishes that better than what felt like a good nearly 15 minutes. It wasn't that long. It felt, but that's what I'm saying. It might not have been, but it felt like it was. You've to be got, fair, actually, that's a good point. I, the little girl that was playing the Melissa McCarthy role yeah. did a really good job of capturing the whole Melissa McCarthy vibe. Yeah, and then the other one didn't. No, but it, not at all. You would have a better movie 
uh, from this if it was 15 minutes shorter. Yeah, if, I, th- I think if if it was a nice and tight 90, you'd be all right. But this is what like about an hour 45. Yeah, it's an hour 40. But that that that's my issue. It, it is is it did start to bag a little bit mm. in the middle. Mm, yeah, it did. Yeah. There was there was there was too much that kind of went on, and there was a little bit there was bits that just didn't seem to go anywhere. Uh, I mean. That- like the 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 uh, Clemento character felt a little bit pointless. I was just about to say that, yeah. Considering she out, she's supposed to be one of three main baddies. She gets very much the least to do, mm. and it's a bit like why why hype her up in the like newsreels and stuff like that at the start of the film as being like this the the main one. Like they're not mentioning the crab are they on the news reports yeah. they're mentioning what is she laser yeah yeah but then she's she's very kind of inconsequential oh yeah literally andy the the henchman seems to get more time than she does andrew andrew yeah 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 i mean the, the i suppose the difficulty is you get pom clementef for like like action or comedy so she does a little bit of comedy. Like I liked how fucking like non-emotional she was in everything she said, like how monotone she was. I thought that was funny. I thought like, it was on purpose. But then with the action, it's like all she can really do is swirl around a CG ball and throw it because you can't prop. You probably can't have a fight scene of Melissa McCarthy versus Paul Clementef. Yeah. Really? Like it, it just, like that just kind that doesn't really work um i'm trying to think back to like spy it's like does she do much action in spy well does she but she doesn't really have fight scenes with anyone no so yeah i don't know it's just yeah odd but no i mean that's it i mean like melissa leo may as well have not been there you know it's like the, the the daughter is the eyes and ears. But yeah, Melissa Leo is there to kind of like be, oh, she double-crossed them, but that doesn't come back at all. And the thing is, it's it's so badly phoned in that, that, that she's going to double-cross them when she literally gets up off the table and goes, I'm <laughs> yeah. just going to go to the bathroom, and then all the shit happens, and then comes out, literally picks up her phone to go to the bathroom. It's like, well, yeah, people would use the phone, but it's just, it, it, it's just like, all oh, right, yes, yeah, so she's a bad guy. But like you say, there is no consequence. Like the daughter, yeah. like you know. hits her or whatever, and that is it. That that's literally it. And yet you've got multiple scenes with that character, and it's not like she, because it kind of seems like she's going to be the one who's going to sow the seeds of, like Melissa McCarthy can't do it. You know she can't do it, and then like have a plot thread of that. You know, like she's going to be the one who doesn't really like her maybe like seems to start liking her and then it turns out she's a baddie but no she doesn't like her that much then she's just like the eyes and ears and oh she's bad it it just pointless can i point something out becky go on the young lydia yeah uh her the actually played her is vivian falcone Ben Falcone and Miss McCarthy are married, so I am literally guessing that's her daughter. 
Vivian Falcone. That would explain the mannerisms. Yes. And the similarities. Vivian. Oh, hang on, she was in The Boss as well. I bet she played young Melissa McCarthy in that. Played ten year old somebody, so I'm guessing, yeah. Yeah. Melissa McCarthy, Ben Falcones, uh yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine if literally she just spends her entire career just playing the young version of her mum? <laughs> oh, who did she play in the boss? I need to have a look at this now. Ten year old something or other. Yeah, of course. Ten year old Michelle, so I'm assuming yeah, Michelle. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. I mean at least they didn't have to pay her much. You can have a tub of Ben and Jerry's. There you go. That's what we bribe his ball with, isn't it? Yeah, literally what we bribe his ball with. It did sound like you were commenting on the fact that she's quite a chunky girl. That's though. why I re- that's why I Yeah, that's yeah. why you commented it was something else, was it? Yeah. We we Isabel doesn't like chocolate, so we bribe her with ice cream. I wasn't calling her fat. That that seems awful. I genuinely wasn't. Yeah, right. <laughs> two two bits of trivia about Vivian Falcone on IMDB. Melissa McCarthy and Ben Falcone's oldest daughter. Georgette Falcone's big sister. Yeah. In the IMDb (laughs) trivia, there's often some really uh, weird stuff in it. It's like, did she write that? I saw somebody that literally said, um, in in, in 2007, they were rumoured to be in the new Indiana Jones movie. That was it. Wait, what? Oh, they weren't in it though. Yeah. Um, I I I feel like we we might be coming to the end on Thunder Force. I I I think we've forced enough thunder out of this, yeah. Um, chicken appears to be eaten by two characters. To prepare for this, a woman spent a great deal of time finding a palatable substitute that closely mimics the texture. And colour of raw chicken. What was it? The end result, the actors are actually eating a very carefully prepared Asian pear. I, I, do you know what? I'm glad I know that now. I know it wasn't raw chicken, but I was actually curious as to what the fudge it was. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I think I'm, de- I'm definitely shit. It, it, it's a pretty mild, definitely shit. Um, you know. It's one of those, if it's in my bottom 10 of the year, it would have been a decent enough year once. You know, I, I, I didn't actively hate it, but it just, yeah, just fucking, you know, I mean, it, it's one of those ones, you know, comedies having a big, uh, having trouble being on the big screen at the moment. Like, you know, it's like, because people are like, that's the kind of thing I can just watch at home. And this I don't know. It's a comedy about superheroes, and yet it is 100%. Yeah, you could watch that at home. Yeah. Nothing, nothing remarkable about it in like a visual point of view, as you said, Mark. You know, yeah, um, def- definitely shit, but like I say, not egregious. Thanks. Oh, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah, don't worry. No, definitely not shit, probably. I pushed Touching Cloth because it wasn't... It's not the best made movie, but Melissa McCarthy saves it for me. See, I'm Touching Cloth mm. in the sense that I, I will never watch it again because there are other Melissa McCarthy movies I will watch again. It's a better, yeah. Um, but I I laughed enough during it at points. What's the one she's in with Statham? 
Spy. Spy. Spy's fucking great. Yeah. Spy and the Heat are two genuinely fucking great movies. <laughs> yeah, they are. I mean, honestly, take away the multiple chicken jokes, and I'd probably upgrade it to a touching cloth. Like that, it just that the the fact that that was a running gag just said to me it was just something that Falcone and McCarthy thought was funny in almost like an in-jokey way and they want everybody else to know how funny it is it's like nah she's eating raw chicken it's fucking gross how why why is that funny yep anyway how was the audience poll the audience poll was i just had it up and i've just got rid of it for some reason uh touching cloth 33 percent and shit 67 percent Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you liked it though, Bex. Like, honestly, I'm not. I'm not being passive aggressive or sarcastic or anything there. You know, I. It, it's it. Comedy's funny like that, and it just what you get. What you get out of it, depending on just your own. What you find yeah. funny. I just no. yeah. Maybe it's just what I needed right now. Yeah, I've been like, nah, it's shit. I mean, this is it. It's like Bad Trip really made me laugh, and you thought it was like the worst thing to happen to the world since the Nazis. So, <laughs> I don't go that far. I would. <laughs> I didn't really right. <laughs> Have you ever wondered what so-called family films will scar your kids forever? putting four or five year olds in front of this movie it's like if they didn't know what death was before this they're gonna know it after it they're gonna know it after it and they're gonna be freaking terrified they're gonna be questioning you yeah or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one has a cold dead heart yeah the dark knight has got like all the orphans and like oh no we're gonna die they did not build up those orphans at all in my head it's like kill them then look no further the His Film, Her Movie podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film-related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. CS3P Combat Player 1, choose your character Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Instructor. Player 2, choose your character While you're in luck Punter Round 1, fight Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. But anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. So join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round two. Fight. You can find us at csvsp.libson.com, also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. Just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I just, just getting confirmation. It's just in, that's the third time though. I mean, I must, is this on?
So we, uh, we, 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 as Mark said earlier on, we have no other main reviews, which is weird. So let's turn it over to some uh, what we've been watching. Who wants to start? You want me to go? Yeah, you, you, I think you've got Mark. So you've got the the Mule and Last Temptation. Oh yeah, cool. Okay, so. Right, well, going back to the beginning of the week, I watched Bringing Out the Dead. Nice. Um, really fucking bleak, Bringing Out the Dead, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, however, it does have one of... A, a homage to one of Ian's favourite movies in it. Sunshine, um, I think it does. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> and uh, also what I think it, it, it is... Is one of the most underrated Scorsese shots in cinema. Go on. Where he's got, uh, where Cliff Curtis is uh, impaled on the spike on the balcony. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he's trying to lift him off, and Cliff Curtis is high as fuck. And then there's that shot over Cliff Curtis's head where you mm. can see just the side of Nick Cage's face. And what is it? And all the fireworks going off oh, behind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is clearly a, a, a nod. Because Scott says he nods to movies. He, he, he does all the time. Yeah. And it is clearly a nod to um, blow out the Palmer Blow. Does, does, does Nicolas Cage say it's a good scream? Yes. I think he does. <laughs> That'd be brilliant. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's um, that, that shot is just absolutely magnificent the thing is content wise it is it is a really bleak film but mm. i think you know you, what they're actually doing with the movie as as a study of um how doing these type of jobs these these frontline jobs can really affect people's mental health i think it's you know quite timely looking at it sort of from a 2020 2021 perspective but also I think it's a really kind of interesting perspective on it and a really kind of important thing that a lot of people don't realize like I I think it's really easy to forget the kind of shit that nurses and doctors and paramedics and people like that see on a daily basis um and not everyone's going to deal with that in a good way um but sort of taking away from like the, the the content point of view it's a really beautifully shot movie oh yeah um because it's new york isn't it mm. and the, the the kind of decayed beauty of new york and showing it is something that scorsese does very well it was it, it, it's a really weird time uh the, with a movie interesting way it comes within scorsese's career mm. um because he he'd had um another sort of very sort of a, a banner few years um with goodfellas kate fear uh age of innocence might have made that much money but was, was very critically well received mm. um and then casino was was a very big movie mm. uh but then after that you had um Kundun, which was uh, one of those where scorsese has it every sort of few years where he builds up all of his credit and he throws it all at, at quite a personal project mm. that doesn't land for some reason. Yeah. Um, and then Bring Out the Dead was some kind of, he made that quite quickly. Yeah. Um, and the idea was that um, the past sort of few movies that he'd made um, for like the past 10 years were all movies where he, he very much got, I, I, I got the time to make them and he got, 
he, he could make them mm. at his own, at the way that he wanted to make it. Whereas Bring Out the Dead, he wanted to go back to, right, I want to go back to the way that I made fucking Mean Streets. Yeah. And Taxi Driver. I want to work within a very close budget mm. with uh, actors and I can do it on the fucking, on all on location. I don't think a single bit of it is shot on a soundstage. I think it's all location based. Mm. Mm. Um, I think the jitteriness of it is because the jitteriness of um, Nicolas Cage's like mental state and stuff like that is is really well represented throughout the movie by the way that it's shot as well. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's a lot more accomplished than I remember it being, yeah. which I mean is is not a surprise because Scorsese, but it's not one of his his big bangers, is it? No, it's not. I think also as well, I think it's the first time you worked with um, Robert Richardson. Yeah. No, sorry. No, I probably just did the casino with him. I apologise for that. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a fucking great film. Yeah, it is very good. So I didn't even watch it. I'm weird about it. No, it's fine. It's fine. Um, I also rewatched Onward. Um. I I really love Onward. To be fair, it didn't have any less of an impact on me on a rewatch than it did on the first watch. I cried at the end, like I did in the cinema, very embarrassingly. Um, it it really surprises me that you that you don't like it more, Ian. To be perfectly honest with you, because it, it, it seems like it was yeah. all boxes. Yeah, I I know I could say, yeah I'm thinking about it, and it is a bit like it does feel very Ian nippy. It does feel Ian Nippy, like you've got that whole kind of parental child relationship stuff, it tugs on the heartstrings, there's some adventure thrown in there, it just feels like a film that you should like. I, 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 I'm dead inside. You are dead inside, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Donna, we, we, we started watching it because Donna's not seen it. We started watching it a while back on Disney+, Plus. got about 20 minutes in, and then Lottie was just like, it was so weird. Like, she was all right with it in the cinema, and she just couldn't handle the idea of, like, the dad maybe not being there, or, like, on, on the second go around, which was personally quite comforting, because it's like, okay, she obviously doesn't hate me then. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I... I yeah, I think Donna and I will probably give that uh, give that another go like soonish actually. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. I'd be interested I, to see what you that. think on rewatch because, like, like I say, it surprises me that you didn't like it more. Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I, I, I will. I think Mark will. would quite enjoy the whole kind of. It's got a bit of a weekend at Bernie's two vibe to it when they're I, when they're le- leading him round like by his waist with that. I, yeah, Mark, I don't. Jacket. I don't. Yeah, you wouldn't hate it. I don't think, Mark. I think I think you'd have a bit of a kick out of it. It's funny. The thing is, is it, 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 it all right? I, I will make you a deal, Becky. Go on. I will watch yeah. it if you will rewatch Weekend at Bernie's Two with me. Yeah. Sorted. Fucked yourself up there, didn't you, Mark? Now I get to watch Weekend at Bernie's Two again. Ah, oh, okay, cool. Love Weekend at Bernie's Two. Yeah, you're calling it's... a bluff. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, I'd. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what both of you think. You want to first watch and you want to rewatch, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's awfully emotional. On the bit where he like taps his foot because he can't, he can't. He's only got half a body and he just keeps tapping, tapping their foot to make sure they're there. Oh, my heart. Anyway, so um, 
obviously watched Last Temptation of Christ with you as part of your paint it forward watching. Um I feel sure that I've seen this before. Yeah, I've seen it before, I've watched it before. But I do, didn't remember it at all. That's fine, that, that, that's a fair enough comment. Um it's a lot more surreal than I remember it being. Really? I thought it was just gonna be some kind of blasphemous fucking Jesus fucked around, Mary Magdalene was his wife and all this kind of stuff, and that's why Christians were all up in arms about it. But it's all a bit fucking weird, isn't it? The, 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 the thing that people <laughs> forget about Martin Scorsese is um, it, had he not been... A, he had two choices in his life that he, that he came to crossword, crossroads with, was being a filmmaker or going to the priesthood. Mm. And the lure of being a filmmaker just took him that other way. Had he not... Had his mum not taken him to see loads of movies when he was a kid, he would have been a priest. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, very good. Uh, very good. Would like to kind of watch again, obviously not immediately, because some heavy shit going on there. But um, the more surrealist elements of it, I think, deserve a bit of a, a bit more of an appraisal. They took me by surprise, I suppose. And so it was a bit like, what? What the fuck? Um, but yeah, enjoyed it, actually, whilst eating Easter eggs. And eating fish and chips. Yep. So yeah, nice. so was that. Um, and the mule I watched with you. I was really not into watching the mule. Um, just because it seemed like it would be quite dry. That's fair enough. Um, and it wasn't. It was actually really quite good fun. Um, Clint Eastwood's quite nice and likable and not as grumpy as I anticipated that he would be in it. Um, no, I mean, he's getting it fucking everywhere, isn't he? I'd be yeah. happy if I was him. Right the yeah. yeah. Eastwood, you like if you turn around to me and went, Eastwood fucks. Well, <laughs> 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 yeah, Eastwood had a kid at 82 years old. Eastwood fucks. I said to you as well, didn't I, when um, Weiss was on a on a deathbed, she's going to be like, oh, it's been so lonely these last few years after, since we've been parted and not seen anybody. And she, he's just going to be like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not he's, for me. He's getting it everywhere. He's loves the chillers. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There was a couple of bits in it that were a bit like, um, felt like they could have been problematic, handled differently. But like you said, he's 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 playing the part of like this really old dude, and like things change. Like the way that you're kind of supposed to refer to things change, and if you don't keep up with that, and when he's um, when he's helping the, the 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 black family by the side of the road with the flat tire, yeah, and he calls them Negroes, doesn't he? Yeah, and he, and they're both like, well, no, that's that, that's not how you no, that's not how you say it. Yeah, and he's just like he, he's he's very much like holds his hands up and he doesn't want to cause offence, but that's just clearly how he thinks you that you diplomatically yeah and, and, refer and, and to then he's like so, so what do i to say just people just it's fine black or you know just people he's like all right yeah yeah <laughs> it's, like, it's like he doesn't it, the film doesn't react too much to it it kind of goes do, do you know what maybe it's okay for these people to be wrong but wrong in the right way yeah yeah I, and i think as well it's a really good way of portraying that he is super old and kind of out of touch in, with the world. Yeah, it's not. It's not a. It was okay to call him it, 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 then. It's just things have changed and he he didn't. He's not kept yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. It was an interesting way to do it, I think. It was an interesting way to do it. I mean, that film barely reacts to anything, though. Like, I, I don't want to spoil our conversation on playing it forward, but I believe I said something like, it's a thriller made for people made for people who can't let their heart rate increase too much. <laughs> it's very lazy, isn't it? It, it, it is. Yeah. It, it is. Kenneth Branagh's character from Tenet would be able to watch that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh dear. Um, I watched a couple more. Um, I watched Carrie. Um, first time in donkey's years that I've really watched Carrie because I. I read it and I watched it and then I read it again and then I watched it and uh, quite a few times in a, a relatively short space of time and I think you get to a point where you're like well, I've seen this enough now I don't need to ever watch this again but watching it now from like my advanced years point of view I think it's and and being the parent of a teenager I suppose it feeds into it as well um of probably around Carrie's age um I think it's 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 kind of heartbreaking as a film. It's 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 awful the way that she's treated, and I think it very much feeds into this trope of girls are evil, women are evil, and um, the, the 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 change from girls to women is something to be feared, and it's very mysterious, and all these things can happen. And it's you know Stephen King has said that that was part of something that he wanted to explore when he was writing the book is this this viewing of women as being as as of being dangerous and he kind of wanted to not turn it on its head because obviously she does turn out to be dangerous but she she wouldn't have been had she not been mistreated yeah um and the the the, the way that she's treated throughout the movie is, is is fucking shocking like the the initial bit with the um when she gets a period and she panics about it because she doesn't know what the fuck's going on. The, the absolute heartlessness of the girls that are, that are there with her um, is it's just girls all over, to be fair. Um, but then, like, the stuff with her mother. Um, I don't... She doesn't go on the rampage in the film in the same way that she does in the book. That's that's a lot more downplayed. Um, in the book, she goes... She, she pretty much goes around and destroys the entire town, but... Which, um, is, which is what happens in the the remake that they made in 2013, I believe. We don't talk about that. I'd like to rewatch that, though. Okay, you can watch that on your own. Um, oh. But, yeah, I, I, it's, I, th- I think, again, it's a, it's a really good kind of little exploration into, into that kind of whole women are evil kind of thing. Um, and I think it's really well done, and it's a really, really good adaptation. Like I say, there are bits cut out, but what's left is faithful enough to the book um and then the only other one that i watched on my own was the sin eater slash the order because there's only so many times i can ask and you say no we only watched it like a month ago before i just watch it on my own i was um, gonna say i swear to god you've talked about that not that fucking long ago <laughs> it's, it's one of those films that if you bet you could literally watch that every other week yeah, I could, yeah, exactly, yeah fucking love it um, yeah, so I won't I won't say too much about that, but it's great. A bit of Catholic <laughs> guilt on a on a weekday is, is exactly what you need. Nice. Yeah, we had one of those weeks, didn't we, uh, of watching sort of almost like comfort movies. Yeah. Uh, so we also watched uh, we rewatched uh, Along Came a Spider. 
We did. Didn't we? We did. A uh, bit of Alex Cross uh, in our lives. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's a... It, it, it's one of the nice sort of transitions uh, into because you, 90s thrillers are, a, are very much a thing. Mm. They're very much uh, I, I, almost like a genre of their own, and not like a, a subgenre, almost like a, a weird kind of super genre. They were a big deal at the time. There's a lot of them. Yeah. And mm. this was like 2001, um, and, and you could already see them sort of starting to develop that. You know, tech was becoming a big thing. Mm. So this is about a, um, you know, the, the, the bad guy is a computer guy. And it, it, it's that thing. And you started getting a little bit more sort of techno music that was inspired by Run, Lord, or Run <laughs> um, in, in all of these movies. And so and there's a lot of like fast cuts and edits and stuff like that. And although this is still very much got the 90s thriller sort of feel to it, you're starting to get, it's not quite swordfish levels, mm. but you're starting to get the little um, flickers of, of that mm. with, mm. with the one camera spider. Um, so it, it, so I think because of that, it doesn't feel quite as tight as something like Kiss the Girls. Yeah. That we also watched. We did indeed. <laughs> uh, because also as well, every few years we have to watch a, a, a plethora of um, Ashley Judd movies. Ashley Judd movies, don't we? Yeah, that's just that's just how the world works. The Juddathon. The Juddathon, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which we're we're starting again, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we rewatched Kiss the Girls, um, which was, I believe, the first time uh, Margaret Freeman did the Alex Cross films. Mm. Uh, lot. I, I really enjoy Kiss the Girls. It's a really fun, proper nineties um, thriller. Proper thrillery thriller yeah, as well. It it's very twisty it, it, and there's a lot going on and yeah, there's a, there's a few kind of like gruesome bits in it and it's yeah, it, it's good. Enjoyed it. Yeah, and we watch a bit. Uh, what else did we watch? We rewatched Hackers. Yeah, which we'd started. I think we spoke about. Yeah, the start. yeah, it got part way in, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I mean, it's mental. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun. Weird. Yeah. Uh, it's. I, the, 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 yeah, it, it, it certainly is an experience to watch um, it going on. It, it, it exists within its own world. Um, sartorial choices were made. In sartorial choices were made in this movie that you're looking at it and you imagine that like people in like ten years time will watch it back and go, "Is this how people dressed in the nineties?" And people from the nineties will be like, "No, no, not at all. That's not how people dressed at any point." <laughs> That's how people dressed in the fifth element. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I might rewatch the fifth element. And then our final one was we rewatched White Out. Of course we did. We talked about it last week. We, we talked about it the other week, and it literally was like, <laughs> hmm, we could watch White Out, which, of course, we do own on iTunes. <laughs> My main takeaway from watching White Out this time, though, was Kate Beckinsale's body is fucking bonkers. She has to be like, she has to have been made in a lab. It ain't right. <laughs> It isn't fair on like normal people. I, I can't. I can't deny that Kate Beckinsale's uh, body is, is is appealing. I think, I, but I would be. That that woman has zero percent body fat. Yeah. There is. There is just. It's just wrong. But it's also really. It's a really good, um, like. Thriller crime horror. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Um... It's snow based. There's a lot of cold bit. You feel you have to you have to be warm watching it. Otherwise <laughs> otherwise it'll just be horrible. That is so true. There's a bit where they look they're like 
We were watching, I think we watched a chunk of it in bed, didn't we? Yeah. We were like laid there, snuggled under the duvet, like really nice and warm with the heating on and everything. And they opened a door at one point, and like a shiver went through me. I was like, no, no. Yeah, you, you have to be cosy watching this you movie. Do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah but that, that, that's it from us. Great stuff. Fuck it out. <laughs> Never seen White Out. Like, I remember, uh, I th- yeah, I don't know, I'm pretty sure I was working in the cinema when that came out, and I just never got around to it. But uh, Oh, well, guess, guess, guess what Guess what you're getting for next Played It Forward? Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> All right, then. Um, oh, fuck me. Yeah, it's bloody... It's your turn to buy for me, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, God, is it on Blu-ray? I... I, I, I... If it's not on Blu-ray, I'm getting it because I'm, I'm physical copying you for, for uh, what is it now? Oh, it's 11.99 on it. Oh, no, hang on. That's fucking, that's not white out. Um, it's on DVD for 2.95 on uh, on Amazon. No, if, I can't, if I can't get it on Blu-ray, I'm not getting it for you. Okay. All right. Oh, I, I like that. The, uh, I like that, that, that principle. Um, Okay, so um, yeah, I mean, obviously we'd um, there was quite a lot of playing it forward um, kind of stuff, so um, you know, little bit lacking compared to uh, other weeks this week, but I've got a few. Uh, so rewatched Galaxy Quest, which I'd not seen in a good long time. Um, yeah, we like we were uh, we went round. Uh, so I went I went to my aunt's funeral last Friday, and then uh, we went to a. a like a, a friend's garden for a few hours and then we because you know not allowed in the house and whatnot but we're allowed in people's gardens in wales i can't remember what your your rules are at the moment but we we're, too, yeah. yeah okay um got home it was just like right okay that was a fuck it that was a heavy day then quite a chill vibe i need something chill to continue it and I've ever so slightly gotten into the habit of just sticking something on and saying to Don, right, we're watching this. Um, <laughs> and then, like, if she's not into it, she'll just go on her phone. Um, but we ended up watching the whole thing, and um, I, I know she really enjoyed it as well. Um, Tony Shellhoop is, like, the hidden MVP of that film. Like, <laughs> yeah. the, his character is so nonchalant and just takes it all in stride. I, I fucking love it. You know, because Sam Rockwell is constantly paranoid that he's going to get killed off, which is great. Um, you know, and all the other characters obviously have their own dynamics. But Shao Hoop's just kind of there, slightly in the periphery. And it's just like when, like, there's, you know, he's down in engineering and they're having problems and stuff. And uh, just, he's just like, right, I've been told we need to do this. Was that right? Yes, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, he just goes up to them, the other crew, and he, the engineering crew. He's like, good job, guys. And they all just start high-fiving. It's fucking brilliant. And like, he's, I mean, I'm just looking at the letterboxed image of Galaxy Quest now. Where ta- oh, thanks, son. Where Tony Shalhoub has literally got his leg up on a rock, and he's just smiling. <laughs> and it's, that's, that's, that's wonderful. Um, yeah, it, it, Galaxy Quest is a great deal of fun. Like, that, that, that's it, really. Um, okay. Uh, only one Oscar catch-up film this week. I like. There's going to be a number of them next week. Uh, but I watched Emma, uh, which is nominated for costume design and I think production design. Is is it is it a period piece? Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> oh, nominated for costume. 
literally, literally, there should be two. One called period costume and one called Real actual costume. fucking costumes. Yeah. Yeah, it's not not a bad shout, that. Um, but yeah, this is the um, uh, Autumn the Autumn the Wild, I want to, uh, I, I believe, um, uh, film from last year with Anya Taylor Joy and uh, Johnny Flynn, Cineworld's uh, Tasty Debrief Man. Um, such a shame you guys have never seen the Tasty Debrief stuff. Um, <laughs> Anyway, he, on YouTube. Oh, it's brilliant. Um, but he, um, so uh, Johnny Flynn's the guy who played Bowie in that Stardust film. So um, he's, a, he, you know, he's a bit of an up and comer. Um, so this is an adaptation of Jane Austen's uh, novel. Um, uh, Anya Taylor Joy plays uh, Emma. Um, she's basically trying to set people up with other people, and it's all going a bit wrong, really. Um, I gotta say I quite enjoyed it. I was um I was pretty into it. I was uh willing them to kiss by the end. You know? Really wanted Flynn and Joy to the uh, Taylor Joy to get together. I won't spoil what happens. Yeah, you know, is it a spoiler? It's a Jane Austen novel. <laughs> Sorry? She eats it. Oh yeah, she eats yeah, absolutely. Um is that what happens in the end of Morgan? No. She was in oh, that, wasn't she? Morgan. That is that is the first time the film Morgan has been mentioned since it was released, Ian. <laughs> yep. Yep, absolutely. I'm pretty sure that was Anya Taylor Joy in that. I think it was, yeah. Mm. I think I think if you said to Anya Taylor Joy, were you in Morgan? I think she'd have to check her IMDB. Yeah, quite. <laughs> <laughs> um but no, yeah, I mean it's I, I it kind of is what it is. Like I watched it on a Sunday afternoon, which is the only time of the week that you can watch this, like the yeah. day. I spoke about a few weeks back, but I I I I had a I had a nice time with it. I think I, I thought Taylor Joy was good. Mia Goff plays her friend who, like, she kind of tries to set up, but also kind of wants to keep for herself. And I thought she was very good. I thought throughout the entire film she was Eliza Scanlon from Baby Teeth and Little Women, and it was like Mia Goff, and it was like, oh fucking hell, all right then, yeah. Okay. Um, but no, she was good. Um, and. Uh, yeah, yeah, just a, a a a pleasant watch, you know, very beautifully staged. Um, Taylor Joy, just a, a a very good actress, I think. Um, and I I quite enjoyed Johnny Flynn in it as well, actually. Um, I thought he was uh, I, I thought he was really fun. Um, and yeah, I mean, it it works, you know. Like Emma's got like a very kind of uh, caustic, passive aggressive thing going on, and there's a scene where that kind of blows up and I actually said out loud that was really mean and it was like right okay this film's obviously working on me then I'm that involved um so yeah I I, I really quite enjoyed it I wish I took the time to see it in the cinema more for me so yeah uh that's Emma um and the last one for me this week um continuing my uh, Elaine May film watching um along with Blank Check uh, I watched The Heartbreak Kid, um, which is a Charles Grodin film uh, from yep. the early 70s, which is basically only available on YouTube for free, <laughs> which is bizarre. Um, so I watched a film on YouTube this week. Um, it was funny as well because Donna came in. She was like, what is this? This looks awful. You know, I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, uh, it, it's rough 
Um, but yeah, so um, I've not seen the Ben Stiller remake, so um, I'm not entirely sure how similar it actually is. But um, not similar. No, I didn't think so. To be fair, um, Charles Grodin uh, plays a guy who gets uh, it gets married, um, but on his honeymoon he falls for Sybil Shepherd because oh, sure. she's Sybil Shepherd. Just yeah. after the last picture show, how do you not? I suppose. Um, <laughs> exactly. Um, but I mean, like, so this is a uh, this film got two Oscar nominations: best supporting actor and best supporting actress. Um, best supporting actor, Sybil Shepherd's dad, who basically eighty percent of his role is just looking at Charles Grodin, <laughs> and then the other twenty percent is him coming out with the most fucking like very well said how much he hates Charles Grodin's character. <laughs> it is amazing. Um, and Best Supporting Actress uh, is the, uh, the woman who uh, played um, Charles Grodin's uh, wife in this. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to spoil it because it is on YouTube and it's very, very, very worth your time. Um, yeah, I, I saw this a number of years ago when I did a big um, Civil Shepherd watch post... Um, Last picture show. Sure. Um, so probably about like well, probably near 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 thirty years ago or twenty years ago. Um, and it, I, I remember really enjoying it. Yeah, I mean it, it's like she's like heartbreaking in it because she's doing nothing wrong. And um, it, it's interesting because May had this creative relationship with Mike Nichols, who went on to do the the Graduate, and this strong fucking vibes. Like really, really strong vibes, and I'm not saying anybody ripped uh, one ripped the other off. I think it was just they were um, so linked that when they went their separate ways and did their own thing, they're they're gonna like ha- like share some similarities. Um, and it's got an ending which very much is like the ending of the graduate and is just as yeah fucking hell like like, we're just gonna sit in this and we're gonna Mm. think it's a great ending charles grodin is fucking amazing in this charles Um, grodin is, is, is an actor for me who doesn't uh doesn't get anywhere near the credit he has ever got that he should get he 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 got he got forgotten about in that um, in that kind of like that late 80s to 90s wave where comedy stopped being about being funny and started being about swearing and being snarky. Mm. Um, and you lost great comedians mm. um, because they weren't considered edgy. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and, but I mean, this is it, though. And I mean, he's. He's doing his Grodin thing to great, like, comedic effect. And, I mean, just so, the, the way he gets his mouth around some of the fucking dialogue. I mean, it, so it was um, it was written by Neil Simon, this. And, it, it, like, the dialogue is incredible. There's this dinner speech where he is talking about how much of an honest meal he's having. He's, he's, he's trying to suck up to people. And he's talking about how there is no deceit in this cauliflower. You know, and it... I, there's I don't know there's something so just 
random about that sentence that I like, but also says something about his character, where he's this really well-spoken guy who can come out with all this stuff, but all of it is utter shit. <laughs> Everything he's saying is absolute bollocks. And he just, like, he seems to throw himself head first into this stuff and thinks that he can get basically get by on it on his charm and for for a lot of it he does but then it's showing what what, what you know but how happy is that actually going to make you that's what this this film is about and it it's an absolute fucking banger it is brilliant um and it I didn't know much going in other than, you know, other than the basic premise and it, I thought it took some really quite surprising turns. Um, like, like the, 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 the last third or so of the film, I can absolutely say I did not see coming. Um, and by the end of it, like I say, it God, I fucking, I just, I love a film that just ends on a shot of someone in a situation and you you're just thinking on it like they're thinking on it you know like like the graduate like the long good friday i think of as well in in that regard you know um and 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 you know just sitting there and contemplating before the credits roll i i i love that i love that shit um so yeah uh heartbreak kid i uh 100 recommend it God, I, apparently the rights are an absolute mess, but fuck me if this ever comes out on Blu-ray or something. I'm I'm all over it. I'd love to see a really nice copy of this. Um, and uh, I've got two Elaine May films uh, coming up over the next two weeks, uh, Mikey and Nikki and Ishtar. Um, and I'm really looking forward to both of them, quite frankly. Um, Ishtar, you know, is a bit of a curio because it like, it basically coined the term director jail and was an absolute disaster, but people seem to actually think it's a good film. Um, and Mikey and Nikki, I, I believe she worked with John Cassavetes for it. So it's like, I'm fucking really, really liking my time watching her work. Um, and again, I, I know I basically talk about it every week, but blank check without that podcast, I'd not be watching these. So that's, a, a recommendation enough for me to uh, check that show out so um but yeah that's it for my, uh, me this week i'm about 20 minutes into the evil dead in 4k which is a sentence i never thought i'd say <laughs> um yeah i'll talk about that next week fucking brilliant transfer <laughs> like it, it it looks amazing <laughs> it looks it looks great uh but yeah i'll i'll, I'll talk about that next week um along with a lot of Oscar stuff. Like it's going to, it's going to be flying all over the place. So Twitter questions, what we got, Mark? Oh, let's have a look. I'll just grab them. Sorry, I've got a we, we, ju we just tipped over two hours in the recording. We did it. Way. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Uh, right. We've got two questions, I believe. Um, Ethan M. Barr says, I'm still behind, but I couldn't make out Becky's number one film of the year. Becky? Fuck, I can't remember. <gasps> I honestly can't remember. You're not releasing any phone? No, I don't do that. I paper copy, don't I? Is it Promising Your Woman? Could have been Promising Your Woman. Um, is, anyways, are you house slippers, shoes off, 
or shoes on at home kind of folks? Depends what I'm. Depends what the day brings me. If I know I'm not going to need my shoes on, then I'll take my shoes off. But otherwise, but I generally. Slippers or do you barefoot it? I yeah, like socks. Oh, could never do socks without shoes. If the shoes come off, the socks come off. Nah, I can't do it. What are you? Shoes or barefoot. I do have slippers, but they make me over warm. I can't cope. It's like the rest of me gets too hot because my feet are warm. So I'm shoes up to a certain point, and then once I know I don't need to do anything else, I take my shoes off, and then I make you rub my feet. Yeah, and I, I, I am I am very much shoes on until literally, like. It's a very emotional moment for you, isn't it? It, it is, yeah. Like I, I I won't take them off like the minute I'm going to relax or anything like that. I will keep them on until the apps until I go right. Until the relaxation is sustained. Yeah. Relaxation. Uh, until I'm at the point where I go right, I'm going to get into my what I'm going to what I'm going to sleep in. Yeah. Yeah, and so that and then I will take my shoes off. Yeah. Nice. But weirdly, like, I, I, I am also somebody who I, I, I have to get fully dressed to do anything, don't I? Like, I can't just get up in the morning and go, oh, I'll go have some breakfast. I'm sure. I, like, I get up and go, right, get up, shower, sorted, and then go. I'd love to be the kind of person, though, that could elegantly, like, swan around the house wearing a house coat and, like, mules. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just not that person. No, I have to, I have to get, what is it? Like... I, I would be I would be the worst person for taking advantage of working from home. I would still get fucking dressed for work. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair though. I think it puts you in a different mindset. Yeah, yeah. that's a different conversation though. I'd like to be able to be the person that wears slippers, but it's just not me. I I, I tried wearing slippers, um, and they just they made me anxious, so I just ended up putting shoes on instead. Slippers make you anxious. Okay, cool. All right. Um. <laughs> Rick Kid at Rick J Kid. What are your favourite movie dinner scenes? Texas Chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw this one earlier, and the first one that popped to mind was uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, where they're all eating, and then it's revealed that Eddie's actually under the table, and that's what they're eating. That one's quite good. Also, American Beauty. American Beauty. Oh, the yeah. The really awkward one. I mean, Beetlejuice is a good one. Yes, that is a good one, a actually. Dance yeah. number. Yeah. Um, what's it? Uh, Goodfellas for the way that um, that De Niro uh, gets tomato ketchup out of a bottle. You've never not noticed that. No? He rolls it in his hands. Oh. It's brilliant. And then, of course, you've got the, you know, one guy's looking one way, one guy's looking the other way. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> within that. Um it's going to be like some really like obvious ones. Mm. You're not saying. Um, but yeah, I, I think Goodfellas. I know Goodfellas comes up a lot as an obvious choice to think. <laughs> but fair enough, I don't care. It kind, it kind of feels like the right answer, actually, doesn't it? But I'm still going with Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, but, <laughs> but it's still stuff like, um, could we borrow this knife? I need to borrow this knife. <laughs> Can I sling can I sling a game one in there? Which one? Biohazard. Res- I thought yeah, Resident Evil Seven, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That is a good dinner thing. I did that bit in VR for fuck's sake. <laughs> oh. Fucking hell. <laughs> oh, 
Uh, yeah, that, that, that was it for our questions this week. Amazing. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so, I mean, you know, we've got a bit of a choice here, guys. So, a bit of a on-show production meeting. Um, the, the Kind of the one new release that I could see, which was also nominated for Best Visual Effects at the Oscars, so more than happy to watch it, Love and Monsters, which is on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, I, I, I've actually heard good things about that. As have I. So I think that would be worth a go. I'm also wondering whether should we maybe do a little bit of award season catch up again? Like maybe you guys watch Nomadland so we can actually talk about Nomadland properly. Um, yeah. I also, I'm going to watch the United States versus Billy Holiday as well. Um, I, I think we could, we, we, we could get those three watch, can we? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's 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 a good show there. Or what about the father? I really want to watch the father. We'll we'll, 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 we'll watch we'll watch three of those four. Yeah. At least. Okay. At yeah. Least okay. I'll I'll I don't think I'll watch Nomadland again, but I will watch. I'll definitely watch the other the, the other three, no problem. Yeah, we can probably watch all those, can we? Thanks. Okay. Nice. Cool. Okay. Cool. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll say love and monsters and some some sort of award season catch up and whatnot, and then for the Oscar show we can talk about Mortal Kombat. Um, <laughs> so, um, I did all the I did all the uh, the kind of the show admin at the start of the show. So I'll just say uh, thank you very much, Becky. Thank you very much, Ian. Thanks for hosting. No worries. You're very welcome. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you very much, Ian. And uh, I'm off to watch something. I don't know what. I don't know what. We're going to eat, are we? Going to eat and watch football, it would appear. Yep. Nice. Oh, yes, indeed. Yeah, I'll let you guys get to it. Uh, thank you very much for listening, uh, everybody, and uh, good night. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. <laughs>